So it looks like Toronto the Good has got its very own crack mayor. Oh, how exciting. I don't know. For those of you who don't know much about Canada, uh, Toronto the Good is uh, not used to uh, these kinds of uh, advanced late empire politics. Uh, Toronto the Good having a crack mayor is like me with a mohawk. It's just kind of discombobulating and mostly highly age-inappropriate. So Rob Ford is the son of, I think, another politician, and he's this fat, bloated, corpulent, beluga-style politician with a wife and kids and uh, three, I guess, three major addictions. He's like probably 150 pounds overweight, maybe 200 pounds overweight. So he's got a food addiction, of course. Uh, he has a alcohol problem, alcohol addiction, and he has, I guess, these drugs, drug problems. He was caught on video smoking crack with a guy who was later murdered and another guy who's convicted, I think, of uttering death threats. And he then denied the existence of this video for quite some time. And after a while... <laughs> It sort of came out. The police ended up with a copy and so on. And it was all kinds of problematic. He lied about the video. He lied about his drinking uh, and all this kind of thing. He vowed to lose weight and so on. Cut the waste in City Hall. W-A-I-S-T. I think you get the subtle Mandy Patinkin style humor there. But now he's finally admitted to a smoking crack. He said he must have done it in a drunken stupor. Uh, but you know, hey, man, it was a one-time thing. This after denying. Now, he was also caught on video without his pants on. And it's actually kind of nice to see a guy with even bigger thighs than, say, Beyonce or a floating Sandra Bullock. But he was pacing around a hotel room, basically saying he was going to suck some guy's eyeballs out and cut out his tongue and crush him and murder him and kill him and so on. I don't think they even know who he was talking to or about, and or to. And uh, this has, of course, surfaced and gone about as viral as something that ugly can go. And one of the people who was apparently a witness to his crack smoking received threats from people who said they were ex-military and ex-cops who were just going to make him uh, disappear. And so basically it seems like Rob Ford, if the connections can be made, if the connections are true, then um, clearly Rob Ford is uh, dealing with the mafia to put out hits on people who might harm his political career. So we have a full-on Detroit-style, <laughs> Marion Barry-style, what you would call a political crisis. Now... <laughs> The thing that is truly amazing about this, you know, that the, the capacity for degradation of the human species is unfortunately a Mariana Trench that goes all the way through to the interstellar depths of post-China on the other side and continually surprises me the degree to which people can simply swallow and accept monstrous immoralities and corruptions and evils in their midst. So... After it was revealed that he's got this, everybody can see he's got a food addiction, after he finally admitted his alcohol addiction, after lying about it for years, and after he finally admitted 
his uh, crack smoking after, and only after he's caught, like this never comes because he has any kind of change of heart. This only ever comes because irrefutable proof arises to show that this uh, corpulent moral and physical monstro- monstrosity is uh, has done what he has claimed he has never done. And after this was all revealed, after he admitted it and so on, his approval ratings went up. <sighs> Can you imagine? His approval ratings went up. Now, in the mainstream media in Canada, there's all of this um, shocked and appalled, uh, you know, hands fluttering to the forehead in a Blanche Dubois style. And the people are like, oh, this is the biggest political train wreck in a generation. And how this guy is, you know, he's doing such terrible things. And, (laughs) you know, there's never any question that the system itself may be problematic. That is outside the narrative. So he's considered to be vaguely, vaguely funny, uh, obviously self-destructive, an addict uh, with problems and... Uh, you know, needs to get help and, and should take a leave of absence. Guy's refusing to resign. And of course, he does he ever get prosecuted for performing the illegal action of smoking crack? Well, of course not. You see, that's for poor minority kids. It's not for rich white guys. You don't prosecute them for that because that might bring the war on drugs a little bit too close to the tender sensibilities of the trembling, jelly-like moral quivering of the middle classes. So he can't be prosecuted for smoking crack, which is completely illegal. I don't need completely, but it's illegal. Never going to be prosecuted. Not even going to get a warning, anything like that. But the people approve of him now more, which, I mean, literally the population at this point is openly courting political suicide. I mean, it's the same thing with Barack Obama and all of these Obamacare lies. Like James O'Keefe, the guy who blew the lid on Acorn and who blew the lid on PBS and its biases and so on. It caused Acorn, Acorn to be defunded and caused the head of PBS to resign. Went in with his guerrilla cameras to one of the Obamacare navigator offices and basically said, well, I, uh, he had a guy basically say, well, I don't, uh, I, I work under the table and they say, oh, don't, 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 don't tell them that. Don't tell them that now. Because that's going to be a pro. And if you, he says, well, I smoke sometimes. Well, don't tell them that. That's just going to drive up. Lie on that. Lie for sure. Don't start revealing anything now. It's just going to drive your policies up. So all of these uh, people working for the government, openly counseling people on how to lie uh, to the government in order to get free stuff or subsidized stuff. And Obama lying uh, about everything to do with this, right? I don't know if you, if you, Harold and Louise, I think. So there was this couple on a commercial about Hillary Care back in the nineties, where basically they said, "Well, I, you know, according to this plan, according to Hillary's plan, I can't keep my doctor. There's no guarantee I'm going to keep my doctor." And, you know, if you're young, what do you give a shit about your doctor? Right? You don't care. You don't care about your doctor. Of course not. I mean, why, why would you bother? I mean, you, you know, you, you get a little cut, you go for some stitches, uh, you uh, get a UTI or something, go for some... But when you get older, like your doctor becomes a very important part of your life. The relationship is... Uh, finding your doctor you trust 
of finding a doctor who knows all of your medical history and knows you outside of, you know, the chicken scratch charts and graphs that, that, that pass for medical communication in the modern world. I mean, it's very important. And so in the 90s, when uh, Hillary Care tried to get, get through, it failed. In fact, it was such a failure that it didn't even bother to vote on it. And one of the main reasons it failed was that people said, there's no guarantee under this plan that I can keep my doctor. Now, of course, with Obamacare, they, they knew that, right? They studied what made Hillary Care fail. And, and one of the things that made it fail was people could not, may not be able to keep their doctors and may not be able to keep their insurance plans. So naturally... They, they lied about that. Of course. I mean, they want it to pass. And they knew why it didn't pass last time was Hillary made the mistake of telling uh, the truth. And the mainstream media has literally doctor-raped the American public once more because this stuff was all buried in the, ele- in the legislation. You know, that, that uh, you know, 40 to 60% of people are going to lose their, their coverage. And was this dug up? Was this revealed prior to the law's passage? Was it revealed after the law's passage? Did anyone dig through it and figure it out? Well, okay, there's 11,000 pages of regulation, so it'll be a big job. But you can bet if it was something on the right, people would be digging all the way through it to find something. So the media, again, has just basically refused to do its job and kept things from the American public and so on. And this open reward of liars, scumbags, cheats, and abusers is only going to cause an ever-escalating group of liars, scumbags, cheats, and abusers to gain the helm of political power. I mean, the mask is pretty much off. Obama, by the time his term ends, Obama will have added more debt to America than all of the previous presidents, what, 42 presidents combined. It was $10 billion when he took office, going to be $20 billion when he leaves office. Now, I guess it's not him, him, right? There's momentum, there's contracts, there's unfunded liabilities. I get that. And that's ridiculous and irresponsible to the nth degree. And of course, he campaigns saying, we're going to tackle the debt, we're going to blah, blah, blah. And then they always get it, oh, it's worse than I thought, and we're going to have to delay, if they even bother. But this pantomime is so ridiculous, of attempting to pretend, I guess not even attempt, it's quite successful, showing the illusion that you're involved in some kind of negotiation when they have a gun to your neck. It is... Ridiculous and pathetic. And again, in the future, they they won't understand how we're able to put one foot in front of the other without falling over. How do you reasonably pretend that you're upset with the government? Like, I'm saying have a rebellion and all that just to stave off some of the, like, some of the liars, cheats, and abusers. They're all going to get worse every time, right? They're all going to get worse every time. Like Bush was worse than Clinton, Obama is worse than Bush. Uh, it's just going to keep going until there's some truly fiendish demagogue who's going to take America into, uh, into some kind of war, which of course is necessary because when the government can't pay its bills, it has to 
start some sort of conflict in order to keep people distracted and also to get them to accept austerity. You can't get people to accept austerity in a time of peace, but everybody hunkers down when the states let slip the dogs of war. And so if people in Canada let Rob Ford stay in power, people in Toronto, if there's not a general, what the hell is wrong with the system that this guy ended up at the top? If that's not the case, then I don't know who, I mean, who do we get next in? A no-pants-wearing pedophile? Well, I guess Jimmy Savile was already not in politics, but in the media and the BBC. But who do we get next? I mean, who is going to outdo the scumbaggery of the current crop of soulless, plastic-faced politicians? Who is going to outdo them? Because by approving and accepting what is being done to us, we are encouraging even worse people to come by and to do their thing. And that is, uh, that's terrible. That is, is terrible. There's no pride left, no independence, no individuality. The spirit of the West, the spirit of skepticism against authority, of rational thinking, of independence, of hostility to central, centralized power, it seems to me, outside of a few pockets, is completely dead and gone. I mean, some of this obviously had to do with multiculturalism. Uh, multiculturalism, the argument that all cultures are equal. I mean, that was to some degree brought in because governments were having trouble growing with a Western population because Western populations are notoriously hard to rule. And so they had to import a whole bunch of non-Westerners in order to dilute the Western population. But in order to get the Western population to accept that, they had to bully people into somehow believing that all cultures are equal and therefore it doesn't matter. Right, like up until the 1960s, like 90% of American immigrants came from Europe, and after that, it was like 80% came from the third world. And these people are easy to rule, and they are happy to politic, right, to, to get scraps. Uh, this is what they're used to. They just don't have the Western Greco-Roman tradition, uh, the Christian tradition of skepticism towards secular authority, to some degree at least. Uh, Church has always had an uneasy relationship with that uh, particular bag of bones. But Western skepticism has been pretty much completely trashed, uh, diluted, and uh, swamped out. And this is completely wretched. I don't know how to, like, what defibrillators do you need to oil up and shock the chest of the Western populations with and say, at some point, we have to say, this is enough. This has become too repulsive. So, I mean, just to take the example of Rod Ford, Rob Ford, this is what we started with. So, with Rob Ford, this is the, uh, this is the situation. Rob Ford spent years in politics working his way to become the mayor of the biggest city in Canada. The city, until you're reminded five times, is not the capital but rather Ottawa is the capital because that's where the Houses of Parliament are. But Rob Ford made his way to the top of the political structure in 
the largest, most wealthy, wealthiest, and most populous city in Canada. And there's really two possibilities that exist. Because he, he ran into thousands of people. I don't just mean voters. I mean just sort of internal uh, reporters and, and bureaucrats and other politicians and, and so on. He ran into and, and crossed paths with thousands of people, had conflicts with thousands of people, wooed and, and befriended thousands of people and thousands of meetings with special interest groups and so on in order to achieve political power. Now, those thousands of people, of those thousands of people, uh, none really, it seems to appear, has raised the flag in any way, shape, or form, or said, uh, this guy is nuts, this guy is dangerous, this is not who we want uh, to be doing this, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, maybe the odd rumor, but there was no real, you know, this guy can't get power. He is insane. He's unstable. He's got a trifecta of addiction. He is not... Who should be in power? I mean, you wouldn't let this guy mow your lawn or babysit your kids, let alone put him in charge of a multi-billion dollar budget. And either people, the thousands of people who we met, either they did not know how disturbed, bizarre and sociopathic Rob Ford really is. They, They had no idea. They had no idea. In other words, they cannot spot corruption, dysfunction, and possibly just downright evil. They can't. Can't spot it. Now, if they cannot spot basic human dysfunction, then they they should not be in charge of anything to do with law enforcement anything to do with laws, anything to do with the functional and productive management of the citizenry, the city, and its assets and resources. Because that's like saying we need a surgeon general who has no idea about the difference between sick and healthy. Right? The, the, the top medical practitioner in the land has no capacity to distinguish between sick and and healthy. To use a metaphor or an analogy I've used before, this would be like somebody in the diet book business saying, we are going to put Michael Moore on the cover of our diet book to show people just how great this diet book is. And the people say, well, are you kidding? Michael Moore is like 200 pounds overweight. So how on earth could you possibly think he would be a great person to put on the cover of her diet book? I say, he's not overweight, he's fine, he's, he's a perfectly healthy weight. I'm a diet, book, a diet book expert, I know. Michael Moore is svelte, lean, mean. He seems to have one very large ab, but nonetheless, abs, I hear, are good for diet book covers, so he's got that covered. Well, you get that this would be somebody, obviously, who would be insane, A. And B, this is not anybody who should ever be in charge of diet book covers, right? Not even a tiny bit. (laughs) 
not even a smidgen of that. Right? And so people, the thousands of people who rubbed shoulders with Rob Ford during his time of rise to political power, they either did not have any idea how dysfunctional he was, in which case they are exactly the same as a doctor who can't tell the difference between sickness and health, or uh, someone who runs a diet book company saying that the ideal person to put. I mean, actually, to, to be more precise, it would be like you you have a picture of like Antonio Sabato Jr. in his prime, ask your parents, and Michael Moore or Brad Pitt in his prime and Michael Moore and saying, well, you know, which one? Like a joke, which one? He's like, I don't know. Uh, either one is fine with me because you can't tell the difference between lean, healthy, and fat and unhealthy. So if people did not know how dysfunctional Rob Ford was or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama, if they did not know that, then they are insane and and at least morally insane and should have nothing to do, should have no part of anything to do with organizing other people's lives. Right? If you can't tell the difference between Brad Pitt's belly and Michael Moore's belly, then don't tell me what I should eat. Don't force me to eat what you say is best if you don't even know the difference between these two people. Now, the other possibility, of course, is that people did know how ridiculous and dysfunctional and corrupt Rob Ford was and is. But they they were fine with it. They were just fine with it. And his addictions and problems, I mean, they literally, he wears them on his belt, right? Wear them, wears them over his belt. So this is like you as a parent, you know, someone comes by to babysit your kids and, you know, they've got a mohawk and, and nipple rings and a tongue piercing and, you know, they appear to be inebriated and you say, sounds great, you know, have fun. Uh, kids, this is your babysitter, right? And the person, the, the parent could then say, well, I had no, no idea that this person could possibly be a problematic babysitter in any way, shape, or form. Like, I just uh, can't, I mean, how could I possibly have known? Well, you know, uh, rings, tongue piercing, mohawks, you know, you name it. If they look like uh, they fell down a flight of stairs clutching a tackle box, then this may be some indication that they have not had the greatest and most functional of childhoods. A parent might say, on the other hand, it might say, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the guy, I saw the guy was stoned and, you know, had all of this terrible markers of bad childhood and so on. But I was fine with that. I mean, it's, it's I don't want to be prejudiced. I mean, what's the problem? No problem. Fine. Well... What can you say? What can you say? This is a condemnation of the system. Of the system. Either people 
didn't recognize how dysfunctional he was, in which case the system is choosing entirely the wrong people to be in charge, enforceable charge of other people's lives, or they did know and had no problem with it, in which case the system is picking uh, in the entirely wrong people to be enforceable charge of other people's lives. And this is just wretched and, and tragic and monstrous. And it's only going to continue until uh, we get full-fledged fascism or people just say, stop. Enough. Stefan Molyneux from Freedomain Radio, fdrurl.com forward slash donate. If you'd like to help out, I'd really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.